Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. This is Kevin Brooker. And coming up on today's show, we're going to take a deep dive into the top 10 mistakes people make when they're planning for retirement. You know, there are some surveys that have just come out that show us the common, most common mistakes people are making. We're going to offer some tips on how you can avoid them. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an independent advisor. Uh, he's got better than 30 years in the business, of course, uh, and uh, so much more. Silverleaf Financial is where you'll find him. Silverleaf Financial is where you'll find the website. I would encourage you to visit there because if you do, you can get a shot at Kevin's book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what, Steve? I, I appreciate the intro and the mention of that book. And uh, guys, by all means, there's the, the the there's a contact piece on the website. Certainly, you can just email me, and I'm happy to send you an electronic copy of the book. Uh, or if you want a hard copy, I'm happy to do that as well. Just let me know, and we'll get it out to you. All right, so, fair enough. Yeah, you know, you know, we started off talking about mistakes people are making. And, yes. uh, and by the way, I've all, <laughs> I've got several books, guys. I've also got one in the top ten IRA rollover mistakes. So um, if you'd like to talk about that IRA or four hundred one k any type of retirement plan, really, uh, people tend to make the same mistakes with those plans. It doesn't, it's not just an IRA or 401k. So, so if you want to uh, get a book and read a little bit about how you can avoid some of those issues, that's also something that's available to you free of charge. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, great. Let me make a note. Yeah, we're stocking, <laughs> we're stocking up the library here. All right. I like it. Uh, you, right. you know, and uh, really, all you have to do is reach out to Kevin. Just te- just email him or text him or text 800-975-6717. Just, uh, you know, you can call him direct. Yeah. Yeah. So you call me and, uh, you know, any way you'd like to reach out is good. Guys, I'm happy to help answer any questions. I, I'm not a high pressure type of guy. There's no cost or obligation to have a conversation. And if you decide you want to take it further, we can sit down and we can talk face to face and just go from there. It's okay. uh you know, don't don't be hesitant because you think of any pressure or anything like that. That's definitely not how I operate. Um, and, and, you know, we all know planning for retirement is a challenge, right? Challenging well, to it. To say fast, the I least, guess. yes. 
you know, and, and financial advisors, you know, uh, there's been some surveys done by a group called the Texas, I believe it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. And they just came out with some studies in terms of, uh, the, the mistakes that advisors are seeing people make. And, you know, one of the biggest ones that almost half, half of financial advisors have cited, uh, is how most investors are underestimating the impact of inflation. Right. Wow. And is that what you're seeing too, Kevin? You know what it is that those are, those are those that is one of them. The next one is underestimating the longevity or uh, you know how long they're going to live. Okay. Um, but but yes, I would I would agree. You know, especially with inflation, and it's really it's really you know slapped us all in the face in this last year, right? Yes. Um, it's it's pretty easy to see. I mean, my wife just came back from the store, you know, and told me that she she found a deal with eggs, and they're like five fifty a dozen or something. <laughs> the whole egg thing is just remarkable to me. Isn't it crazy? It I'm is. Like, well, I'm like, what is going on with these hens? And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, so, uh, and the answer for anybody that hasn't heard it's avian flu is what they're telling, you know, what they're putting out there, yep. uh, that that killed millions of them. And, uh, and so that's where we are, you know, it's all supply and demand. Um, but I, I, I very much enjoy eggs. So, well, yeah, so I'm, really hoping, you know, a... I'm really hoping the price comes down. Well, and, you know, my daughter's, uh, she and her family, they've got a little hobby farm. They've got plenty of eggs. <laughs> oh, you, you know what? I never, un, until this, the last several months, I never once thought about having, you know, <laughs> you and me both having my own little hobby farm. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I told her. I said, well, if we, you know, if we grow our own, raise our own, you know, we, we, we're kind of in control. Kind of. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I say kind of, because I really have no idea what I'd be getting into, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's when I flash back and I say, Oh God, I wish I could, I wish I could still talk to my dad. You know, my father passed away. Uh, a few years ago, but he grew up on a farm. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, well, that's some great and, insight then. Right. And and yeah, and he used to tell me these stories, how they grew up and uh, before they could have breakfast, you got to go out and milk the cows and, and collect all the eggs. Yeah. And, you know, and so you got to do about an hour of work and then, you know, then the bell rings or mom calls and breakfast is ready. Wow. And, uh, so what uh, a life, life on the huh? farm. How, I get, mean, get, how get, things have changed, huh? So oh my much. gosh. Get, getting up at sunrise and, and work until sunset basically. On yeah, I know. And, and yeah, so it's, it's a hard, it, well, it, it, I, in my father's opinion, it was a very hard life, you know, because it was a lot of manual labor. Obviously they didn't have the equipment, the machinery that they have now, um, you know, and, and now there's a lot of commercial farms as well, which some people are annoyed at, yeah. uh, you, you know, but, but I think doing it yourself, uh, maybe, maybe that's the way of the future. I don't know. Um, or I guess find, uh, find a substitute for those, you know, eggs and bacon, I guess. And it won't be an issue. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. don't, don't be making me give up bacon. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I, I know it almost felt like sacrilege when I said it, I'm like, no, don't say that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so anyway, guys, but well, we, we've seen the inflation, right? We've yes. seen it in all sorts of areas. Luckily we've seen oil and gas prices come down. Nobody knows if they're going to stay down or not. There's a part of me that thinks with China reopening, um, you know, they were locked down for the last few years with COVID. Uh, a lot of people, I'm hearing a lot of people forecasting that the second half of this year is just going to be, you know, boom town in China. Uh, in other words, a very, very strong recovery. Uh, and if that happens, there's a good chance those oil and gas prices might go back up. Uh, you know, so it's something to consider if you're looking for investments, maybe give it some thought that is a higher risk area, FYI. Um, but it could also be a higher return area. It's one of the uh, oil, the energy sector is like the only sector that actually made money in 2022. Oh, wow. Well, that, you've said that all along. I mean, all last year, that's, that's pretty much what you were saying. It's it, it, yes. And it turned, and it did turn, did turn out to be true that the, the issue and the tricky part about it, Steve, is that, is that oil and gas stocks tend, they have more volatility. So a lot of times you can get into these things and you're down 20% in the blink of an eye. 
and and so it it, it does take a little little bit of a, of a tough stomach, if you will, because you got to be able to ride out those ride out those waves and hold on, even though you're seeing this thing go down, and that can be tough. A lot of it's very difficult for a lot of people, um, and you know, but if you're able to do that, it might make sense to put a little bit of your money. I'm I'm saying like maybe five percent uh, of a portfolio into maybe the ETF, maybe the oil and gas, you know, uh, exchange traded fund or something like that. Sure. Um, but before we get too far off track, you know, talking about inflation, it's important that when you're doing a plan, when you sit down with an advisor, such as myself, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to look at all, all of your assets. We're going to look at all your liabilities. Then we're going to look at all the money that's coming in and all the money that's going out. Right. So we're looking at your individual personal balance sheet, your income statement, things like that. And we're trying to figure out, you know, do you have the assets in place now? Uh, so that you can retire? Or what do we have to do to get you in a position that you can uh, generate the income that you're going to need in retirement from your portfolio? And so one of the key factors that we've got to put into the equation is how much inflation are we going to expect, right? Yes. And and this is this is a, if, guys, if you haven't done it, you really should run the numbers, take a look at it, or sit down with your advisor and say, let's make some projections using, let's say 2% inflation, and then let's look at them if we make it 4%. And then if you really want to scare yourself, look at 6%. And what that's going to show you is that most people don't have enough money to retire. Okay. That's why I say it's scary because input, uh, inputting those numbers for inflation, when you do that over a long period of time, has a massive impact, right? On the cost of goods, which therefore has a massive impact on how much money that you need to pay for these goods. Right. Mm -hmm. And so underestimating inflation can really mean uh, that you could be setting yourself up to run out of money down the road. And because you're starting off with this pool of money, right. When you're, let's say you're mid sixties or something, when you retire, starting off, you should be fine. The issue though, is that a lot of people, they start off and they want to travel. They want to golf. They, they feel like, Hey, I just retired. I got to do, I've got all these things I want to do. And, and a lot of people will spend a lot of money in those first few years of retirement. And that's something else that I do try to caution folks against. Uh, I do understand it. Believe me, I would you know, love to do that as well. But at the same time, we want to be thinking about how things are going to look 10 years or 15 years away, um, because you know, a lot of people are living into their 80s and 90s and beyond. Sure. And so underestimating inflation, that could have a devastating impact on your portfolio, causing you to basically run out of money when you're like 80 or 82 years old. I don't like and the sound of that at all. I know, no, right? And I don't want to see that happen to anybody either. Right. Um, you know, so so it's important to take a look at that, run the different scenarios, find an, find where you're comfortable for a long time. We, I think we were lucky, actually, for a long, long time, we had very low inflation. And I think there's a lot of people somehow think that that's the way it should be. And, you know, it'd be nice, but what if it's not? What if it doesn't go back there? What if inflation stays high for a long period of time? That's what the Federal Reserve is most concerned about. That this is not transitory, which you know obviously we know it's not as transitory as they thought it was. All right, but what if it lasts for five more years? And, and I, that's I, quite I, conceivable, isn't it? It is very conceivable, yeah. Which is why I'm bringing it up because you know this is you got to think of the U.S. economy as this massive, massive, you know, like aircraft carrier in the ocean, right? And and little changes that you make, they're not going to make a big difference on the on the bearing of that ship right? For, for a while. It takes a while to turn this thing, to maneuver this thing. And the U.S. economy is the biggest one in the world. And, and of course, we're all interconnected with other economies around the world. And so 
uh, it's very difficult to know how long these these uh, interest rate hikes. You know, what's the lag time between when they hike and when you start to see it? You know, at the grocery store or on around the you know automobile lot, you know, or whatever it is you're looking to purchase. Um, in terms of how long it takes for it to start to hit inflation. And on that note, I'm glad to see used car prices, new car prices are finally starting to back off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. So, right? So if anyone's in the market for a new car, all right, I would suggest you wait. Wait another six, seven months, because I'll bet you by this fall, prices are going to be down quite a bit more from where they are right now. So if you can wait, I would recommend you wait. Uh, all right. And so so going back to, to inflation, that is something we definitely want to take a look at. Make sure you're covered. In other words, when you're looking to retire, if you think you need $5,000 a month in retirement now, okay, run the inflation numbers and see what that'll be five years from now, 10 years from now, right? Maybe you need 5,000 now, but in 10 years, it might be seven or eight. It could be higher, okay? And that's what we want to make sure you're, you're ready for. So it's important that when you do get to retirement, that you're still saving those first several years. You're still putting money away because you have excess income, uh, or maybe you don't have to tap your portfolio and just let it keep on growing. So it's something to take a look at. Make sure you're factoring in inflation. All right. The other thing that people do, uh, it's very, very common that I sit down with people and they, and a lot of times they tell me, yeah, I started collecting Social Security at 62. And, and I always feel my heart kind of always sinks when I hear that uh, because I know that they took a cut in the amount of money that they're getting. And it's barely half of what they would get if they waited till 70. And so I do understand that you want to take, uh, take Social Security sooner all right, but but understand the break-even point for most people is between 80 and 82 years old. So in other words, people look at how much money they would have received if they've been collecting, you know, since 62, right? So maybe you got a hundred, I don't know, hundred thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand cumulative over that period of time. Sure. So the question is, how long does it take you to make that back and then get ahead of the curve? The answer is your early 80s in almost all cases. And so if you've got a long, if you've got longevity in your family. You've, if you have relatives, especially your parents and your siblings that live well past the age of 82, then I would strongly recommend you consider waiting as long as you can before you claim Social Security. Um, because the fact is, I think the odds, if you're a 65-year-old couple, the odds are over 50% that one of you will see the age of 90. Oh, man. Okay? Really? Yeah, that's wow. a fact. That's a fact. So guys or ladies, whoever has, if you're married, whoever has the largest Social Security check coming, all right. Prop, you know, whoever had, whoever had the higher income uh, total over their over the working career, all right. When the first person passes away, the survivor is going to get the bigger check. They're not going to get both checks. They're going to get the bigger. Okay. So to me, that's another reason for a married couple, the higher breadwinner. That's another reason for me to suggest that person wait until seventy to collect or to claim, I should say, um, because that's going to wind up being that's. A, there's a good chance that's going to go to you know to the surviving spouse. Right. So it's not right. So don't just think, guys. Don't just think. Am I going to live past eighty or eighty-two? You want to think. What are the odds that either you or your wife live past the age of eighty-two? Okay. That's really how I'd recommend approaching that one. All right. And again, we're talking about things that uh, advisors are seeing people mistakes that people make, overestimating investment income. That's forty-two percent. Uh, so what does that mean, really? Yeah. You know, you know what, when you sit, what it means is when you sit down and people say, you know what, Kevin, I've got, I don't know, half a million dollars. Uh, how much, or we can make it simple. Let's go with a million round numbers. So yeah. easier, easier math. Okay. Let's I've got a million dollars. I should be fine for retirement. Right. And they ask, they say, so, so how much can I withdraw, uh, and have, and have a solid expectation that I'm not going to run out of money. Okay. And the, the answer is 
and and it's been four percent going back to the early 1990s. And I'm a little reluctant on four percent. In other words, I think that might be too high because when this formula was created, interest rates on bonds were quite a bit higher than they are right now. Now bond now interest rates have come up, but they're not as high as they were at that point in time. Okay. And and my point being, this formula was based on a 60-40 or let's say 50-50 portfolio, where half the money's in stocks and half is in bonds. If half of your portfolio is earning three percent, not like it is now on bonds, let's say a ten-year treasury, roughly three point four, versus five or six or seven, you know, back in the day, that's going to lower your return, right? Yeah. And if your if your return is lower, then your withdrawal rate should also be lower. Otherwise, you're going to deplete the portfolio more quickly, right? Sure. So. So going back to the equation, let's just call it 4%. Let's say 4%. The odds are, I think, something like 95% probability. It's not a guarantee, but it's highly probable you'll be okay. Um, and so if you withdraw 4% on a million dollars, that's 40 grand. And when you tell most people, virtually everybody, it's like 90% of the people that I say, you can pull out 40 grand out of a million, they're like, you got to be kidding me. That's all I can take. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'm saying uh, in terms of overestimating investment wow. income. I see. That's what it's referring to. All right. People think they can withdraw much more than we recommend. And, and, and that throws a big wrench into the plans, right? Yeah. And so it's important that you have a solid understanding how much you can withdraw from your portfolio and then take a look at alternative strategies, guys. There are other ways we can do it. It doesn't all have to be in stocks and bonds and bank CDs. Okay. There are other things, other ways you can generate income. And, I, and I've talked about it before, but I, I want to I talk about it again here uh, just briefly, Steve, is that what I'm, one of the things that I'm doing for me and my wife, now we have money in, this, we have money in stocks and bonds and treasuries like, you know, like a lot of people. Um, I also have money you know, in the money market for emergency savings, short-term money, things like that. Uh, but then we're also putting money into income annuities. And the reason I'm, and I'm using Roth IRA money to do that. And so what I'm doing, I'm setting up several Roth income annuities. And the reason I'm setting up several instead of just one is because this will give me the ability to start income from each account, okay, at a separate time. So when I'm 70, I can start income from one of them. And then every couple of years, I can start income from another account. All right. And that's going to give us an extra five. You know, I'm just doing roughly 50000 a piece because- uh, the way I look at it, an extra $500 a month. Now, again, this is after-tax money. So 500 bucks a month, I think will make a difference in in, in my life. And, oh, gosh, and we'll yeah. Pay, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, mean, I, mean, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be 5000 No. Right? Uh, I mean, I'm going to have a bigger base, of course, and this is you know incremental income that I can add to it. So you want to look at, because we're going to have Social Security as well, but we don't have pensions. And so to me, I look at it and I say, okay, Right now, if you put $100,000, if you're 60 years old and you put $100,000 into, into an income annuity, uh, now these are not all the same, guys, and this is where it's important. You talk to an advisor and you make them show you the numbers. Make them show you the quotes. Don't just take the word for it, all right? I don't care who they are or how long they've worked, you've worked together. When I show clients, I show them the top, I'll show them like the top 10. And you can see these are how much everybody will pay because, guys, the numbers, are, there's a big difference. Think about, think about when you look at auto insurance or homeowners insurance or, or medical insurance. Look at the different quotes you get from the different companies. They're not all exactly the same, right? There's a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with these types of products. And I can tell you right now, 100000 
in 10 years, you, you put it in, you leave it alone for 10 years. So 60 years old, you put in 100, you leave it for 10 years. The company will guarantee you $14,000 a year for life. 14 grand from 100, okay? Wow. So now, and, and I tell you, this is a much higher number than it was a year ago because they've gone up with as interest rates have gone up. So let's go back for a second. Let's say, okay, Kev, how about if I invest 100,000 in the stock market? How much do I need to grow it to to make that same 14 grand? The answer, based on what we talked about a minute ago, we talked about a 4% withdrawal rate, all right? Mm -hmm. The answer is 350, okay? You've got to grow that 100,000 to 350,000 in 10 years. So you need to make three and a half times your money. So you need to more than triple your money in 10 years, which is a feat un unto itself, okay? Right. And then, and then you've got to maintain that portfolio. You've got to maintain growth. You cannot have a losing year. Otherwise, you're going to have to reduce your withdrawal amount, okay? So it's possible, but in my mind, I say, you know what? I can put this money into the into this index income annuity, and it's fully guaranteed. I've got a contractual guarantee that they will keep on sending me this fourteen grand a year for as long as I live. And you know what? Even if my account value goes to zero, that check is going to keep on coming in. It is the only account that keeps on paying you, even if it goes to zero. All right. So that's what I'm doing because to me, it gives me peace of mind. I don't, I've, I've got uncertainty with my stocks, you know, my stock investments, those are uncertain. They're not guaranteed. I don't want everything in my retirement to be, you know, volatile and with no guarantees because <laughs> right. that would, that would just drive me nuts. I, I mean, I'd be so stressed out and, and that's not what I want for myself or well, for anyone no, else. For that matter. So what I suggest is sit down with somebody that has, has uh, a lot of experience with all the different areas of the market that we're talking about, not just a stockbroker. Maybe he knows everything in the world about stocks, but, but does he or she know about fixed income investments? Can they get you individual bonds instead of just bond exchange-traded funds? Can they get you annuities of, of all the different sorts? Because there's all different types of annuities, okay? You want somebody that has expertise in all of those because that's how you can get an objective opinion where they can show you the different tools, right? And it's just like, you know, it's just like when you build a house. You can't, you can't build a house with just a hammer. I mean, I guess you could try, but, but you need different tools in your toolbox, right? Right. It's the same thing, in, in my opinion, in the investment and the financial world. You need various different tools to do the job and get it done properly. So what I feel is the best solution is a combination of guaranteed investments for safety and then guaranteed investments for income and then investments with risk to try for more growth so you can outpace inflation. That's my personal opinion, how I like to do it. I like to split it up. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And I want to know that my clients are covered with guaranteed income. So none of us have to worry, are they going to have enough money? Or if the markets go south, what's going to happen to my check? Right, right. right. So that's, that's, that's what I like to do. And again, folks, if you'd like to reach out to Kevin, have a conversation, just silverleaffinancial.com is the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You said something in over the course of what you said there. Uh, you, you talk about fixed rates and uh, the interest rates are going up. And so let, let's talk about that for a second, if we could. Yeah. Oh, by all, by all means, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you brought, mentioned that, Steve, because, you know, some of the research that I've done, uh, and I've, like we started off the show, I started in 1990. So in, in this business, I've been working in as an, as an advisor uh, for 33 years now. And so it's not my first rodeo. And when you go back, you want to look at market history uh, to give you an idea of what to expect so that you have realistic expectations. Right. And 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 you want to understand the market does not always go up. Right. 
We saw that last year. Stocks <laughs> we and sure bonds did. went down. Right? <laughs> yes. A lot of people a lot of people are shocked. A lot of people did not understand that you could lose money in bond funds. Okay. Um, I've met all kinds of them. Didn't understand that. And and hopefully they know now. All right. But there's a big difference between an individual bond and a bond fund. Okay. An individual bond has a set interest rate and a set maturity date. Okay. And then depending on the strength of the creditor, the financial rating, if it's U.S. Treasuries, then you have a high, high probability of safety, right? Very little risk that there's going to be a problem. If you get into corporate bonds, it could be a different story. But if you get into a bond fund, like an exchange traded fund yeah. or a mutual fund, they don't have a set maturity date. There's no set yield. The, the interest rate or the yield is going to fluctuate based on the portfolio holdings, based on the market and the economy. It's not guaranteed. You can still lose money. And just talk to anybody that had bond funds last year. On average, they lost, I believe, about 14 or 15%, which is one of the worst years in history. <laughs> and, and hopefully that doesn't repeat. But in my mind, I say, you know what? Bonds have been in a fantastic bull market for like 30 years. So nobody should be surprised. I mean, just think back about interest rates at 15 and 16% and, you know, in the early 80s. And they've come, they went down to zero, right? And that's what caused bonds to do so well. Well, they were at zero. Where are they going to go from there? I guess if you briefly could go below zero. I mean, wow. Germany went below zero. Yeah. But, you know, but when they're at that level, guys, and they're coming back up, I think you, I think you need to be careful. I, um, you know, they, they certainly can still make sense, but there's no guarantee that they won't lose money again. And so it's important that you're, uh, um, that you're aware of that. And whereas what I want to go to is if you compared, did you know that a guaranteed 4% rate of return would have matched the S&P 500 return from January 1st of 2000 to December 31st of 2019, 20 years, that whole 20 years, you could have made the same return in a 4% guarantee that you would have in the S&P 500. Wow. All right. With less Without hassle. all the headaches, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. How, how much less hassle? How, how, how about how much less stress, right? Yeah. Because you saw the, the bear market 2001 and two with the tech, you know, the tech bubble and all that. And, and then in, in 07 and 08 with the housing recession. Um, and I mean, it's, you, you need to look back and ask yourself, where are we in the cycle and could it happen again to make sure you're prepared? Because I mean, 20 years and all you made was a, an average of 4% return. You know what? That's why I say it's important to have some money in fixed income, fixed investments, guaranteed, guaranteed interest rates. And right now, guys, right now, and as a matter of fact, effective this week, I can get a guarantee of 5.75. Whoa. When's five the years. last time you saw that? That was a long time ago. A long yeah, time that's, ago. Well, that's great news. It's, it's a, it is a fantastic rate. I believe this is the highest in at least 15 years, maybe longer. All right. But guys, it's a guaranteed rate, 5.75. No smoke and mirrors, no moving parts. It's just a plain, vanilla, simple, fixed rate. All right. And there's no sales charges. There's no fees. It's just plain vanilla, 5.75 for five years. Now, it does have a minimum of 20 grand to invest. But if you'd like something uh, that's one of the highest interest rates we've seen in a long, long time, please just give me a call. I'll be happy to get you the information uh, so you can take advantage of it. I don't know how long this rate is going to stay here uh, because if rates do start to go back down, then I don't expect this to last very long. Sure. Well, you, you said something interesting. So it takes $20,000 to get involved, and, I, and that makes sense to me as well. But to, to make that kind of return in only five years, I mean, wow. What happens? I mean, it, let me ask you this: What what if you left it there longer, 
Or what if well, you, that, could okay, you find the, a the different gear, one? Yeah, yeah the, you know what? The guarantee period is for five years. That's so they're it. guaranteeing okay. yeah, they're yeah, they're guaranteeing that rate for five years, and then they're gonna declare a new rate. And so at the five year mark, you know, I'm in touch, of course, the whole time. We're always talking. And 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 I'd say, well, Steve, you know, they're offering X rate now. We can either stay with it or we can look for something else uh, or look around. So it's a guaranteed rate for five years. And after five years, um, you know, you can you can take it out. You can withdraw it, do whatever you like. You could leave it with them and reinvest. It'll be that'll be the rate at that point in time. But this is this is good for five years. And and the reason I say I suggest this this uh, period of time is because even if you go longer, like let's say you go seven years or 10 years, it's actually a lower interest rate. So, so we're in kind of a weird time. What a weird um, time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it's, well, it's, it's, I'm going to say it's a weird time on many different levels. Right. All right. But, but it, it's a weird time in finance as well, because the other thing, three month and six month and one year treasury treasuries have higher interest rates than five year and 10 year treasuries. All right. Wow. And, and anybody, anybody listening closely, that's called a bond yield inversion. And what that means is that the bond market is saying recession is coming. That's what that signals. So um, the bond market is forecasting a recession later on in 2023. We don't know how bad it'll be or even if that's a correct call. But historically, the bond market has uh, probably has a higher accuracy rate than the stock market in terms of predictions. Okay. Well, I, I mean, again, it's so... From a, from a client standpoint, I'm, I'm putting my life savings with you to, to realize that you are so on top of things that I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, over generous or anything. But I mean, again, you live this life. So why wouldn't I why wouldn't I work with you in, in terms of just See, letting you work, letting you do the work? I don't want to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> you know, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> All right, so, and, and, and you know what? I do understand some folks like to do it themselves. I, I, I talked to talked to somebody actually, I think it was last week. And he's like, hey, I've been doing it on my own for 30 years. I'm happy with my results. I enjoy doing it. And, and if that's the case, then I just say, I wish you the best of luck. There's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see a need that we, need, we don't need to work together. If you like doing it yourself, you enjoy it, and you've gotten good results and you're happy with it, then more power to you. I wish you the best of luck and I hope it continues to work for you. But there's a lot of, he, that he is a very, he's very, I'm going to say he's unusual because most of the people that I talk to, they get to a point in life where they say, Kevin, I, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I've been dealing with it for 30 years or whatever. I just want to enjoy myself. I just want to know that I've got somebody watching out for me, looking over it, taking care of it so that I know I don't have to worry. That's, that's what they want. They want the peace of mind and security of having somebody that they trust, that they like, and that they, they, they know he knows what he's doing. And then they can go out, they can tee off and go fishing and hop on a plane and go visit their grandkids or whatever they want to do without any worries uh, about their portfolio. And so, you know, I often say to myself that, that it's surprising to me that, that so there seems to be a lot of investors that do want to do it themselves. I understand the desire, but at the end of the day, I say to myself, my, my goodness, I do this every day, all day. And I've been doing that for decades. And I say, I don't know how somebody can keep up with everything going on if they're just doing it for a couple hours a week. Right. It, it doesn't mean it's not possible. Obviously, some people can do it. Um, but to me, I, I always come back and I say, uh, there, there's this old line, something like, uh, um, you know, the guy that chooses to, you know, the lawyer that chooses to represent himself as a fool for a client, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, and, I, and I think if you talk, you know, you talk to a good lawyer, if you're in trouble, 
he's not going to say I'm going to represent himself. He's going to say, you know what? I want to, I want to get somebody else. Two heads are better than one. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so my opinion, um, something to remember folks is that you can work with an advisor. It's not a lifetime commitment guys. If you work with an advisor, you don't like the way things are going, just close the account, transfer it, move it to someplace, move it somewhere else. You don't have to stick with him. You don't have to stick with her. All right. But I'll tell you what, most of my clients have been with me for years and years and years. Several of them have been with me more than a decade. And, and, and a lot of them have been with me 20 years and some back into the nineties. And I have to think that they're happy with how things are going, that they like the relationship. Otherwise they wouldn't have stuck around so long. Right. Okay. And so I think that's something to take a look at. If you'd like referrals, I've got clients that are happy to have a conversation with you. Um, and, uh, and, and so take a look around. It's always a good idea to, to, to get a second opinion in my view, you know? And so if you'd like another opinion, uh, no charge, just reach out. I'm happy to give you a second opinion on what you're doing and what you're looking at to see if maybe I can improve it. Um, you know, for instance, I met a guy the other day, just earlier this week. He says, yeah, he's, he's real excited because his bank called up and said, hey, you know, these old CDs you had that weren't paying you anything, well, you can pay you 4% now. And he thought that was awesome. And I'll tell you what, it is, it is awesome compared to, you know, 1%, 4% yes. is great. Yes. But then I told him, I said, you know what? I can get you five and three quarters. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, no kidding. I didn't know that. <laughs> and, 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 and so before you just go and reinvest because you think it's a good rate, give me a call and I'll tell you exactly because I get updated rates every day. Okay. And, and, and this one just came out this week. And so uh, it's important to look around because you, you, in this case, the guy has 250, so 250,000. All right. That extra one and three quarter points. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's a, you know, that's an extra 1700 bucks, 1800 bucks every year. So over five years, it's almost 10 grand, right? Yeah. So, so that, that's real money, right? That's real (laughs) money. It's real money. Take a look around. Don't move too fast on something, especially if you're looking at guaranteed fixed rates. Um, Because I will say right now, I don't think anybody else in the country has anything higher than 575 for five years. I would think not. Give me, give me just a a 10,000 foot view of of 2023 so far and how you think it's going to go. Oh, sure. You know, you know what? Um, we had a good start to the year, which some people that look at stock traders, almanac, things like that. There's a, there's a belief out there that the beginning of the year is indicative of the rest of the year. Okay. And so based on, based on that, you've got a guy, uh, his name is Tom Lee at Fundstrat, widely followed. He's using that and he's forecasting a 20% gain for the S&P by the end of the year. Um, but at the same time, him and a lot of other analysts are saying that the first half could be pretty rough. So it looks like there's a possibility we could have some weakness some roller coaster ride in the first half of the year, and then maybe picks up in the second half. So the consensus, that's a consensus right now. Um, I would say if you're long-term investors, keep putting money away every couple of weeks, every month, and just ride it out and put it away. Because I do think by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot clearer sail, a lot smoother sailing uh, and a lot more clear vision about where we're going. So I would, I would stick with it. I think we can have a good year, especially after coming off of a horrendous year last year. I'm optimistic that the end of the year returns are going to be good, but between here and there, it might be a little bit volatile. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.